Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the We The Brothers podcast. Once again, we're back at it. We got a good show for you talking about the election. You know what it is. Let's go. doing how y'all doing here we are once again this is julius freeman host of we the brothers podcast we're gonna get mandela on here but you know my brother is busy and we support that it's a crazy time for everybody and so we know he has things that he's working on and we're gonna let him do that but we can hold it down that's what brothers do we hold down the fort while brothers are doing their work so I'm excited to talk to you all today. Uh, it is going to be a very special conversation that we're going to have about the election, basically what we all just witnessed and what we all have probably been focused on for the past couple of weeks here. Um, so let's put the thoughts out there. Uh, so when the really hit and so we went into November 3rd and we go through that day there was just like an anxiety you could just feel that was palpable hanging over the country that I think everyone kind of was feeling like I don't know how to describe it exactly but you could just feel that people were anxious about what was going to happen because there was, you, you know, there was no guarantee of anything happening. Like you, like very unsure of what could happen in this election. Um, I think that as time went on and we learned more and the results started to come in, I would say that Tuesday night and Wednesday, I was nervous, very um, worried about the possible outcomes because it seemed to not be going in the way that it had been projected to go by most uh, polls. And we'll talk about polls later. Um, they did not. Uh, once again, they missed the mark. Polls did. Um, but it did not seem like the polls were going correctly. And they didn't. And um, so Tuesday and Wednesday, I was really kind of just worried and watching. But. After Wednesday, I was like, you know what? I feel confident about where this election is going. I'm not going to let this bother me. I'm not going to worry about this. I have too many other things to do. I, I'm still in school. I got grad school stuff to do. You know, it, it's I got too much to work worry about work and all these other stuff. So I was like, you know what? I'm done with it. Like, whatever happens, that's what happens. I got this stuff to do. So I go back, come back Thursday, Friday. Uh, look for maybe a couple minutes with my parents and it's starting to trend in Joe Biden's direction more and more. And then by Saturday, of course, we all find out that Joe Biden is one. Um, I would say that I had about 
five good minutes of joy and actual excitement about the future of the country. Um, there were, so there was a couple of moments where I was like, okay, I feel good about where we're going. Um, and then I had a significant uh, brush and wind of pride that overwhelmed me for a few moments seeing Kamala Harris be the first African-American woman to become the vice president of the United States. There was a pride that I felt in that. I did feel proud to be not only black, but to be an American in that moment. Um, I was excited um, to realize what this would mean for so many young black girls around the country that uh, they would finally see themselves in a position of power one step away one position away from the highest office in the land from being the most powerful pun most powerful person in the world um and i thought that was just amazing they would get the opportunity to see that um and that knowing that my grandmother and my mother people who thought they wouldn't see a moment like this finally got to see that um just to see the generations who thought they would never see obama now getting to see kamala harris once again the joy and the pride and the happiness that I see in their eyes is something that I cannot um, under, undermine or underscore enough. I I was just, that was a beautiful thing to see. But I will say that that all kind of faded away rather quickly as I started to think about who these uh, politicians were. Uh, and who, what their history was and what I thought they could actually do or were willing to do for the country. So we'll get into that and my thoughts about Kamala and Joe um, and what they could possibly do for the country and why I had some trepidation and still do have some strong trepidation about what their administration will look like. But first, I want to talk about this election in the the breakdown of what happened. Uh, I think it it's just interesting. All the demographic numbers and all the things that happened. Uh, it just was weird and it was intriguing. So like you have some of the numbers that I can remember. I think you have uh, Joe Biden obviously won minorities uh, at a significant rate. Uh, that was what was expected but and guaranteed for the most part. Um, so that wasn't out of the ordinary. What was out of the ordinary was that despite all the things that we've heard about Donald Trump and his issues with race um, and being by, considered by many a racist, uh, not that I'm saying that, but that, that a lot of people felt have felt that way about him, uh, he did rather well. He did better than most Republican presidents ever have. I I mean, from the last time he ran, he gained in almost every minority group. He gained voters despite everything that's happened since he got elected. So that what changed like that's something that we're going to have to dig into as time goes on. Like what about uh, Donald Trump's campaign? Um, attracted these uh, minorities to him. And so 
that was uh, very interesting to learn and look at. Uh, and actually, one of the things that was very um, interesting to look at was uh, that Donald Trump lost votes in, let me be specific here, he lost votes in his base, which was non-college educated white men. That was supposed to be his base. He lost five points of of that group. He lost five percentage points of that group in this election. They actually swung towards Biden a little bit. Um, I mean, it, but every other group swung towards uh, Donald Trump. Even African-American women swung, I think it was like four or five points towards Donald Trump. Uh, I think it was African-American men swung about five more points. Asian people, Asian-Americans, Mex- uh, Hispanic-Americans, Native Americans all swung towards him in a significant way. Uh, it was just a, a interesting to watch. The way uh, Latinos came out to vote um, for Donald Trump in specific states was interesting to watch. I mean, in Florida, you could say that they kind of delivered the election to him. The way that Latinos in Miami-Dade came out for him. The way they that uh, Latinos came out in Zapata County in Texas, which is right on the southern border next to Mexico, uh, they came out and really showed themselves strong for Donald Trump. Um, I don't think he won them that demographic, but he was significant and pulled a lot of votes from that area. Uh, and so that was not supposed to happen. No one would have told you that that was going to happen. And that was interesting but i do want to preface all of these numbers with the fact that if only minorities had voted joe biden would have won easily if only um uh if only women would have voted biden would have won um if only white women would have voted this is interesting Donald Trump would have won would have won. If only white men would have won, Donald Trump would have won. If only men would have voted, Donald Trump would have won. If um young people only voted, Joe Biden would have won. If older people voted, Donald uh Trump would have won. So it was an interesting dynamic, pretty straightforward to what electorate generally worked like. But it's interesting in specific states, in specific counties, how different demographic groups swung in ways that they generally did not. Also, it's important to point out that black women, again, showed strong for the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party owes African-American women their lives because, I mean, they show up in droves and in strong numbers every election for Democrats, I think it was 90%, even though uh, a significant percentage swung for Donald Trump in terms of being a Republican, uh, they still 90% overwhelmingly voted for Joe Biden, and they really showed up. And it's important to point out that 
African Americans really delivered this election in specific cities and counties. Now, I'm not going to say that they're the reason Joe Biden won this election. I feel like that's an overstatement. I feel like a lot of key demographic played key demographics played a part in this, but they African Americans played a significant and central role in how Joe Biden became president. Specifically, if you look at Georgia and uh, Atlanta area, if you look at Pennsylvania and the Philadelphia and some of uh, uh, Pittsburgh area, if you look at Michigan and the Detroit and Lansing, if you look at uh, Minnesota uh, and Minneapolis, if you look at um, Wisconsin and you look at those areas, uh, African Americans showed themselves strong. They they came out and really engaged in the process and made sure that their voices were heard. So I don't want to hear any black people talking about that your vote doesn't count because you made black people in specific counties when they showed up and you got out the vote. It turned out in the way that you desired. It, it really did. Your voice matters no matter who you are. Every vote counts. And I think that was really showed in this election. So that's one takeaway that you can definitely have is that every vote counts no matter where you are or who you are. Because I don't think people in Maine District 2 were like, oh, my vote is going to matter in this election. It did. I don't think people in Nebraska District 2 were like, my vote is going to matter. It did. It did. Alaska mattered. Nevada mattered. Uh, States that generally don't have an effect had an effect this time around. You know, they really... Um, played a key role in everything. Every state mattered and every vote counted. Um, one of the things is that among young voters, the data showed that the group that preferred Trump the most were either rural or lived in small towns and had not been in, to college, with 46% supporting Joe Biden versus 51% supporting Trump. But remember, Trump's in 2016 wiped, washed um, Hillary Clinton with this group of uneducated white people. And this time he did not do that. Joe Biden actually performed pretty well. There is significant reason uh, for why Joe Biden was also able to win because they sh- uh, a lot of them did end up voting for Joe Biden in a way that they were not expected to. Uh, so the other big difference among young voters was that among white people and people of color, among white youth, there was a 19-point split by gender. Um, among first-time voters specifically, um, those aged up to 29 preferred Biden with 53% supporting the Democrat compared to 43% supporting Trump. But first-time voters aged 30 to 44 overwhelmingly supported Trump, who got 67% of their vote. vote. So, like, there's just so many numbers here that are confusing, intriguing, enlightening, um, encouraging. There's a lot happening um, here that this election has brought out and illuminated. Um, One thing that I'm excited that happened, I don't support Trump myself. And I have my own personal reasons for that. And I don't really look down on those who do because I 
have empathy and willing to see why someone would do that. Uh, but it was interesting to see how many minorities that more minorities voted for Donald Trump and that there is this building chasm between minorities in the Democratic Party where they are feeling disillusioned, feeling disconnected and marginalized uh, from the Democratic Party, feeling as though they give themselves away every election and just give their vote to the Democratic Party in large swaths and create this myth that they're a monolith and they all think that we all think the same as minorities, though we obviously don't. And I, I'm seeing a rejection of that stereotype. And that was cool to see. I, I support that rejection. I don't think that uh, all black people are Democrats by nature. I think that they feel forced to do so because they don't feel accepted in any way by the Republican Party. But I think you are seeing a shift in the black community that we are no longer just going to give our vote away. If you bring a plan to us and it works for the community, same thing with Latino voters, same thing with Asian voters. If you bring a plan to our community that benefits us, we'll support you. And that's how it works. And that's how politics is supposed to work. It's not really supposed to be about party lines and all those things. Like, that doesn't really affect your life. Like, if just because they're a Democrat doesn't mean that they're doing things in your best interest, as we've seen time and time and time again. That's not how it works. So I'm enjoying seeing minority communities saying, okay, no longer are we in guaranteed bag for the Democratic Party. We are venturing off and finding new homes and new places to go because we will not uh, just sit here and be uh, used as tokens. You will do something for us if you want our vote. And that's a powerful change and a powerful uh, way to start seeing yourself and engaging in this political process. So that was something that I really enjoyed seeing. Another thing that... uh, I'm excited to see is where do we go from here? What do we learn? What do we do now as Americans? And personally, I am not excited about um, the current administration. I told you how I had my initial moments of excitement and encouragement and inspiration and pride in America. I am still proud to be an American. I still love this country. But I feel that we are going back to status quo. And I know that Donald Trump is, for me, worse than the status quo. Just in his behavior and some of the things that he has done, I, I could not bring myself to allow that to continue without me rejecting it. And so, but now I'm experiencing this feeling of I voted for the status quo. I voted to put us back into the system of what we've always been in. Now, I will give Kamala and uh, Harris, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden a chance to prove me wrong and to show that they are different, that they won't just be what we were in the Obama era or the Clinton era. Um, But I just don't see that. I feel like Joe has made it clear that nothing fundamentally will change. He's said nothing about really criminal justice reform. He is still not talking about really any significant police reform except giving the police more money, 
which does not seem like the theme that should have been the takeaway from this summer. But it seems to be Joe Biden's takeaway and what he's talking about. Um, I think there's just I don't think the on uh, when it comes to diplomacy, I think they will be good foreign representatives as far as representing the country and putting on a good face. But I think as far as war and ending the military industrial complex, ending the never ending wars, bringing troops back home, I don't see them doing that. I see them at at best possibly slowing them down and most likely exacerbating these wars and continuing them and at worst creating new wars. Um, and so that is scary to think about. I don't think that you'll see a lot of significant things change. I think that they will do DACA. I think that's that's something that I support bringing back DACA, the ACA. I mean, you may prefer, you know, Medicare for all, but the ACA is something. At least it has a mandate and requires covering of pre-existing conditions. So at least that will be there. Uh, but that is what that is. Those are just a couple things that I see that they're possibly doing, probably doing something to help with covid. I think they'll do. I think Joe Biden will do a good job with covid response. I think he will bring us out of this in a positive way where we don't suffer for years to come and that we actually get out of this within the next year or so. So I do think he will do a good job with that. Other than that, I am not excited about the prospects of this uh, administration. I don't think that they're going to do a lot of significant things, a lot of groundbreaking things. This Do not go into this thinking that this will be FDR. This will not be FDR. Uh, this will not be Teddy Roosevelt, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. This will not be uh, radical in any sense of the word. Um, so that's tough. I think corporate power will be stronger than we've seen it recently. Uh, I think that you will still see corporations and lobbying dominating our political culture rather than the people themselves directing what happens. Um, I think money will can still control our political system. Uh, I think there's going to be a stalemate because th that's one thing that Democrats need to learn. And we'll talk about that in a moment that they didn't win the Senate. Uh, looks like, and they didn't win Congress. They actually lost seats in the Congress. So they still have the Congress right now, but they lost seats when they expected to gain seats and they lost 10 incumbent seats. And that's crazy. So, um, it does not look good for the Democrats down ballot, though they won the general, uh, the presidential. So it's just a we're going to be in a weird space and in a locked government is what I feel like, especially with Mitch McConnell retaining his seat and probably ma maintaining his place as the leader of the Senate. So I don't know what uh, I don't know how much significant is going to happen. I don't expect a lot. I expect a normal, calm presidency where the status quo remains, <laughs> injustice happens, uh, rights are violated in a nice way, you know, the way liberals do it, and uh, life continues as normal. Um, so that's not exciting to me. Maybe it is to you. Uh, 
the last thing that I wanted to talk about is what each party should learn from this and what we should learn from this. I think that the Democratic Party needs to realize that none of their base is guaranteed anymore. They cannot go back to focusing on white suburban women, white people in general, and trying to maintain their vote. You are going to lose the minority vote if you do that. Minority voters are telling you that they are not for that they will not continue to just be taken for granted by the Democratic Party. You have to give them a plan because Donald Trump is who he is. But there are more capable Republicans of creating a message that will be somewhat appetizing to minority voters. And it may be more significant than you ever expected. So you better pull together and figure out what you're going to do. What are you going to offer to these communities that will pull them closer to you? I think what they, they have learned is that they need to start putting more progressives in front and allowing their younger generation to, to really take the lead. AOC, the squad, the progressive uh, caucus of the Democratic Party is the future. Their populist mindset, their their focus on the working class is what is going to lead the Democratic Party in a, in a positive direction. I think Bernie Sanders was really in an opportune space to do a lot of things. And they need to, the Democratic Party needed to listen to their voters. Over 80% of the Democratic Party supported Medicare for all, but the, the party uh, at the party uh, caucus they shut it down and refused to put it on the platform. Why would you not put that on the Democratic Party platform when the majority of the people support it? It seems like you're not representing your constituents at that point, like you're actively going against what they want. Uh, same thing, they, the Democratic Party platform refused to put weed on there, legalization of marijuana, when the vast majority of their party supports that. You're actively going against what your party is advocating for. Why? Why would you do that? Do you think you know better than them? Are you that elitist? Or are you just refusing to listen? What's going on? Republican Party. For you, for the Republican Party, I think they need to learn that you have a prime opportunity here and you all you have to do is not mess it up. You have minority voters in a position where they are feeling disillusioned and disconnected from the, the Democratic Party. They feel disenfranchised. Capitalize on that. If you come with a populist mindset focused on the working class, giving them stimulus while still maintaining your social conservatism, oh my goodness, you could do it. Donald Trump did it in 2016. You may talk about the things that he did with race and all those things. Those are were significant. But if you remove the race aspect and just focus on what he talked about with trade policies, what he talked about with jobs, with the working class, with the everyday people, he connected with them. And that's a significant reason why he won the election in 2016. If you can create and put forth politicians who are pushing that same message without the divisiveness on race and culture, like actively dividing people, you have an opportunity to Pull in a whole set, a large swath of a diverse demographic and completely change the history and the trajectory of the Republican Party forever.
and set yourselves up for a long lasting and vibrant history to come because you will cre- have created a new thriving uh, party that looks completely different from what it used to and will have a completely different culture and uh stereotype to it now that it is no longer just considered the white party if you can capitalize on this new interest of uh, minority voters and i think if you bring in a populist mindset you may be able to pull even some young people who are more susceptible to that uh to that ideology of helping the working class and doing what's best for them but also have some social conservative ideas and feel like they can relate to the republican party And for us as people, we need to learn that we can't trust the polls anymore. The polls did not know. They continuously get the popular vote right. They said that Joe Biden would win about about by 5 million or so votes or more. And that's about what he did. But in the specific states with the specific demographics, they know they got it wrong, like just badly wrong. It was it was not good. We also need to learn that we need to trust ourselves and control our vote and demand what we want from these politicians. Hold them accountable. Don't let up. This is not the time to relax. This is the time to dig in, go to work, go hard, harder than you ever have before. Now that you feel like you have more opportunity, push for what you want and get what you deserve. Bring your ideas to the table and let's make it happen. This is our opportunity. This is what we waited for. This is what we voted for. Now take advantage of it. Don't let this slip by. So guys, I'm going to end it here. There's so much more I could talk about, but I have a limited amount of time. So I appreciate you all for tuning in. As always, this is We The Brothers Podcast. I'm Julius Freeman. My usual co-host is Mandela Brown. We love you guys. We appreciate you for listening to what we have to say. We want to hear what you thought about the election, and we hope that you all are doing well. Thanks for listening. As always, we'll see y'all on the flip side. Peace.